For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. to another episode of Topic Thunder, episode 217. It is several hours after the Pistons game, uh, probably over a day at this point. Uh, we are recording this between the Pistons game and tomorrow's game uh, against the Knicks, which we will be talking about in many different facets in this podcast. But first, uh need to say I am not alone today. I am with my good friend Dylan Hunsinger at Thunder Chats. Dylan, how is your Thursday going? Uh, Thursday's going going pretty good, all things considered. Um, there was no game today, so I can't be super hype because of a win, mm-hmm. but I can't also be down in the dumps because of a loss. Uh, mm-hmm. We won last night, so uh, I, I guess I'm still experiencing some hype. So I think we're good. Was that... Were we excited about that win? Was that a good win? I mean, at this point, after the two games preceding that win, um, yeah, I'm I'm just gonna take it as a good win because we won. <laughs> yeah, it. I mean, it was against the Pistons. They're twenty and forty-two heading to this game, Eastern Conference lottery contenders at this point. And uh, let me just go back here before we jump into this and uh, give you a detailed injury. Uh, report from the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Derek Rose ankle out indefinitely. Oh, Blake Griffin he there. Mm-hmm. Sure does. Blake Griffin also kind of forgot he played there because he hasn't been forever. Knee injury out indefinitely. Brandon Light Knight was listed as questionable, but he played. Thon Maker also listed as questionable, but he played. Luke Kennard out indefinitely. The knee injury. Mm. Bruce Brown Jr. downgraded to doubtful. And I don't believe he played at all. And then Sekou Dumboya was also listed in the injuries, but also played. So a lot of injuries. Two key players in Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin were not there. And Luke Kennard, their outside shooting person, was also not there. But it didn't really matter because they made all of their threes anyways. And made this a very close game at the end. Although we came out with a win. the points of which I don't have up on my phone right now, so I can't give you that information yet. But I can tell you this, Shea Gilgis-Alexander had 27 points on 15 shots, and that right there is something pretty good. Yes, sir. We won uh, 114-107. That's uh, it. Shea, as you said, had 27. 
Uh, Dennis Schroeder had 23 and nine assists. Team high, oh nine assists <clears throat> on seven to 14 shooting, two of four from deep. Shea was also two of four from deep. And then uh, Gallinari was third there with 19 points, 7 of 15 shooting, 3 of 8 from deep. And then Chris Paul had 16 points on 7 of 10 shooting, 1 of 3 from deep. And after that, every, I mean, Adams and Noel tied for 8. Dor had 6. Nader had 5. Ferry had 2. It's low-key pretty amazing that Danilo Gallinari decided to play on a back-to-back for the first time seemingly ever because yeah. had he not... This probably would not have been a win because Detroit actually came back and was leading with like probably two minutes to go. And Danilo Gallinari was pretty much the reason why we stuck this one out. Shea, Shea kind of kept it going in the third and beginning of the fourth, but then it was Gallinari at the end and going three of eight from deep and the most important one coming with like 21 seconds to go. Uh, which made it a four-point game. So shout out Danilo Gallinari or Billy Donovan, um, whoever decided that Gallinari should be playing. That was pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, that three was great, and it was timely. Um, There's a lot of controversy going on around about it, though. Uh, A lot of people are saying that Chris Paul should have been called for offensive foul. Uh, I am actually in the camp that, I don't even know who the defender was in the first place, but I'm in the camp that he flopped. What What is your opinion mm-hmm. on this tyranny? I agree. He flopped. Um, that's not to say that people have gotten away with offensive fouls in said acting before, but I think it was very good refereeing to let the boys play and, you know, let the shots decide who wins, not the, not the fouls, not the referees. Um, so I'm always an advocate of uh, swallowing the whistles in that situation, even if it goes against us, which in this case it didn't. But if it did, I'd still, I wouldn't be necessarily mad at the refs. Um, I'd just be a little disappointed we didn't win. But I always, I always prefer the way they did it yesterday. Um, though the game I always go back to to kind of like reference why I think it's such a bad thing when refs kind of get involved is the Lakers-Celtics game from a couple weeks ago that was really 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 good and then the last minute was decided by technical fouls and replays and it just like slowed down the game it just sucked at the end so it didn't it just was a bad taste in a my mouth for a really good game and the fact that this one ended not like that was quite pleasant and it also helped us win so you can't complain there Absolutely, and uh, can we just go ahead and talk real quick about Christian Wood seemingly hates the Thunder? He, he, Christian Wood is so good. Yeah, right now he's averaging, in two games against us, 28 points and 10.5 rebounds. Good Lord. He has hit eight threes of his 12 attempts. So that's like right around (laughs) 60-something percent. I don't know. Oh, God. Yeah, something ridiculous. I think this was the two of us when we did this podcast last time. I think I remember bashing Christian Wood because his name sounded too regular for an NBA player. Sounds pretty annoying for you. Yeah, I was really wrong about that. I just was like, Christian Wood, that just doesn't sound like an NBA player. You got to have like a LeBron or a Zion, like something cool, you know? Christian Wood just doesn't do it for me, but he's... 
I think I think he hates me more than he hates the Thunder, to be honest, because I don't see anything the Oklahoma City's done wrong. And I've just been over here for no reason whatsoever. I don't hate the guy. I just think his name is boring. Oh, so and, so this is your fault. <laughs> yeah, and now he's 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 averaging twelve points and six rebounds on the season, which is like pretty good. And I also so I also remember bringing this up because uh we went through the list of teams that he's been through, and they actually mentioned this on the broadcast yesterday. He's been on five teams in four years. He's mm-hmm. been cut by, I think, Charlotte and Milwaukee, uh, and eventually got signed by Detroit after the Pelicans didn't re-sign him after the Milwaukee Bucks dropped him. So he's just been all over the place, and now all of a sudden, 12.6 rebounds, pretty good. But like you said, 28 points and over 10 rebounds a game for the Thunder is just ridiculous. Yeah, and if you recall, you know, he, um, uh, Andre Drummond was traded uh, the day before the Pistons game. Um, and, you know, that was Christian Wood's first game as a starter, to my knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, you know, he hasn't had this opportunity that he's had at any other team. And he's he's really showing you know what he can do in that starter's role uh, with more opportunity with more with more shots. I mean, do shot five of six from three last night. Like there was at one point in the game, he was like, I'm pretty sure he was like 100 percent at one point during the mm-hmm. game, and he missed some he shots like there down the stretch. So I mean, I think he was actually he was actually five for five, and then the one shot that didn't go in was the one at the very end of the game where he almost banked it in. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. That was so an ugly he, shot. <laughs> it was an ugly shot, but it almost went in, and mm. I almost threw my computer across the room because it just felt so perfect for him to make that, given the fact that he's already 5-for-5, five five and he just seems to hate me slash the Oklahoma City Thunder. So, fortunately, it didn't happen, and um, squeezed out a win. But, yeah, uh, uh, Shea, like we've already mentioned, fantastic. Uh, one of those games, I think you'll look back and be like, this guy... This is when we knew he was going to be a star. Um, he just took over the third quarter. Um, another uh, very important fact I want to bring up is that at halftime, Oklahoma City was shooting 69% from the field and had 69 points. So, pretty nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice, he says. Uh, I'm 12. Uh, and then, yeah, there was... It was it was just a a lot of threes, a lot of offense, um, and Detroit nearly scared us to death by coming back with, you know, the likes of Christian Wood and others. So, uh, the other thing that is not related to basketball is that Michael Cage has now talked about the distinction between a creeper in basketball versus a creeper as in a stalker and it's wildly uncomfortable to listen to him talk about it, but he keeps doing it on consecutive broadcasts. And I don't, I don't know what to do about it. I just think it, it needs to be addressed. I mean, this is information that people need to know. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it made me a little uncomfortable and Chris Fisher and Michael Cage were on We They were a little, more so on their divorced couple energy tonight or last night, I should say. Um, they just hate each other so much, but they have to pretend to like each other. It's really funny. And 
I just, I can't, I can't get enough of it. It's cringy, but I also kind of love it at the same time. Well, hey, um, getting back to the game real quick. Um, I, I just wanted basketball. to say that, like, yeah, there was a basketball game too. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, no, mm-hmm. I just wanted to say it was really refreshing to see Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, Shea Gilders Alexander, OK3, Three-Headed Monster, whatever you want to call them. It was OK3, really like refreshing that. to see them come out and all have, like, respectable big games because, you know, mm-hmm. in these past couple games against the Clippers, against the Bucks. They they kind of didn't really step up to the plate when we really wanted them to on the national stage against you know that kind of opponent. It would have been nice to see them show up and you know kind of make it a game, but they just did not. So it was refreshing to see them do that again. Uh, specifically, Shea. I mean, you could tell early on, dude was. It, I, and and this is what bothers me about Shea because we talk all the time about like he needs to be more aggressive, like. Dude took 15 shots at 27 points. Like he was, he was scoring the ball efficiently. Tierney, he should have shot at least five more times in my eyes. Like, <laughs> every time, every time we have a game, it doesn't even. You're like, you're like Shay's mom at this point. It's like no matter how much he does, <laughs> you just you have something to say that like he needs to do this better. I, I mean, uh, dude, I want the best out of him. Like I, I get it. I get it. I mean, when you see him doing that with, you know, that little shots, like, I mean, that that that's awesome. And I, I tweeted it in the first quarter. In six minutes, he put up five attempts, and he made four of them. He had 10 points in six minutes. Then he had 17 points the rest of the game and only took nine more shots. Like, come on, dude. Like, you're obviously in a zone. Like, you know, let it fly. <laughs> yeah, he is just, he's just passive. and. Uh, you know, everyone is saying that when CP3 gets traded, it's going to be, quote unquote, the beginning of the tanking process. But I also think there's a lot of good that comes with that, because whenever he leaves, it'll be Shay's time to shine. And I don't even know that it's good for Chris Paul to leave now, because I'm not even sure Shay is ready for that role, like, right now. I think... Give him the rest of the season, a playoff series, maybe two, to kind of build up to that. And then if Chris Paul is traded this summer at the earliest, then I think he'll be ready. But I'm I'm kind of glad that he is where he is now, and that just comes with the course. Um, you're not going to be able to take as many shots because Chris Paul is also on the floor, and Dennis, Dennis is also on the floor. Um, He'll be gone as well eventually. So, you know, it just comes with it comes with being the young dude um, in this bunch of uh, three guard lineups. So, I I get what you're saying though. He it it'd be nice to just see how how good he could be at his full capacity, which it still doesn't feel like we've quite gotten to that yet. But tonight yeah, was I don't a little even feel like he's scratching the surface at this point, man. <laughs> Yeah, and but I think tonight or last night was a good little taste of it, um, just because he's yeah when he when he's in a zone he's pretty unstoppable with his finishes. So I think at one point he ended up uh what was it eleven for fifteen or some twelve something 15. really twelve fifteen. But at one point he missed like one shot the whole game and it was like maybe. 
eight of nine, nine of 10, something like that. So he was just rolling. Um, and at the end, he kind of missed, <clears throat> missed a few more. But yeah, he was just super, super, super efficient. I love to see it. Um, In 62 games this season, guess how many games he shot 20 or more times? Three. It's more than three. Six. That is correct. Heck yeah. Six wow. games. He shot 20, 20, 21, 21, 23, and 25 times. What's also crazy is that he leads the the team in minutes played. Yeah. Which is, that's actually kind of crazy now that I think about it. He's like playing more minutes than anybody else, but he's not taking the most shots. Ugh. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, uh, he's just, a, he's just too passive, but I think Chris Paul is, I think Chris is like forcing him to be aggressive and we've talked about this before, but I think his leadership and his mentoring is going to help tremendously down the, down the road. Also, by the way, we never talked about this on the pod, but we, we've talked about it like off the pod. But I just want to say to anyone who hasn't watched the Chris Paul uh, interview with uh, Taylor Rooks, where Chris Paul and Shea go bowling, it's absolutely hysterical because their chemistry together is outstanding. They just, they chirp each other all the time and they will just like, throw these little insults at each other kind of playfully. And I just love every second of it. It's awesome. Yeah. I tried tweeting about it, you know, just to talk about the relationship and all I got was thirsty dudes, um, thirsting over Taylor Rooks in my mention. So that was great. <laughs> yeah. She's married. So I don't know what, what people are doing there. Also <laughs> Show some Tyler hero, Tyler hero was, um, uh simping a little bit care to care to comment on that taylor rooks interview uh, uh, let me let me fit, preface or set it up here so taylor rooks had him on for one of her and the same type of interview they're on a boat and they were talking about apparently tyler hero can't swim he never learned how to swim and then all of a sudden tyler hero's like you want to teach me and then taylor rooks was like ah, ha, 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 i don't want to get my hair wet and he's like all right come on jump in so, I don't know. I, I think Taylor, I, Taylor. I think Tyler Hero's uh, wilding a little bit. I think. I think something's going on there. I mean, Tyler Hero stays wilding. I mean, let's what what let's check that. <laughs> he's, like from he's go, getting, he's getting a little a little hot and heavy. But also, I mean, I haven't seen a shot Tyler Hero's afraid to take. So, oh, there you go. Oh, <laughs> ooh, okay, wow. Official statement but also, I mean, Kentucky. hey, dude, dude just wants to swim. <laughs> like, teach him <laughs> sure. how to swim, man. Sure. Yeah, that's all it is. All right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so, there ain't pools yeah, in Wisconsin. I, that's too cold up there. Wisconsin? That's where he's from. Uh, I don't well, How do you think? How am I supposed to know that? I'm not from, I'm not a Kentucky fan. All right. Anyways, the Taylor Rooks interview with Chris Paul is really good, not just for the Shea stuff, but they also talk about like um, what could have been with um, Kobe because he was going to go to the Lakers. And mm -hmm. apparently Chris Paul also was thinking about teaming up with the Banana Boat crew at one point. He never said when or where, 
but he did confirm it was in the talks at one point, which I thought was super interesting. I had never yeah. heard that before. So it's a really good interview overall. And it's really oh. funny too. So Oh yeah, it's really entertaining. And apparently Chris Ball's like super good at bowling, so it's just Oh yeah. Mark that for something else he's great at. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean it could have just been edited to like only show the strikes, but Sure, still. but from now I'm gonna refer to him as the Pen God. <laughs> pen God. Oof. I like that. Uh so yeah, that's uh, I think that's all I had on the game. It was it was really stressful, but um, we pulled through. It was a game. Chris Paul also, I saw this somewhere on Twitter, but apparently Chris Paul had six turnovers as well, which he's only done like 30-odd times in his career. Man. So just kind of a sloppy game from him. Pretty unusual. So a lot of unusual things going the Pistons' way, but in the end, we held it out, and a win is a win. We definitely needed it. Getting back so, in the win column, Bulls. Getting back in the win column. Um, one other little, f- mm-hmm. one other fact: um, the Thunder have a better road win percentage than they do home win percentage. So, just put that in the tickler file. Road Warriors. The Road Warriors, exactly. Um, but they are playing at home. No, they're not. They're playing on the road. So look at that. We're gonna get another win. Uh, they play in Madison Square Garden. Uh, where Spike Lee apparently is forbidden to enter in the entrances that he wants to go. Uh, did you see that, by the way? The Spike Lee stuff? Yeah, I feel like it's dumb on all parties, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Knicks are just a joke. They made a huge deal out of it, but that's where we're playing. Spike Lee or not, we will be playing basketball against the Knicks, a team that is in the NBA. Uh, and speaking of the Knicks, something that popped up on the Twitter machine today, uh, which again, me and my preparedness have failed to pull up, uh, to read aloud, but here I found it. This is from Frank Isola, uh, ESPN. I don't know if he's with ESPN, but he's been on ESPN. Uh, he's with ESPN, and- I'm pretty sure. Okay, good. So he says the Knicks, according to NBA sources, have been gathering intel on all-star Paul George. Paul George. Chris Paul. (laughs) I just saw Paul and I went off. Chris Paul and could make a run at him this summer. Paul, comma, 34, end comma, carries a huge contract, but he's had a resurgence season in OKC and is a proven leader. Parentheses, he was also represented by Leanne Rose, in parentheses. Uh, and I believe he went to go on to say, Chris Paul, here it is. Chris Paul still has something left in the tank. He impacts winning. He would give the Knicks credibility, and he's respected by his peers. Considering the current state of the Knicks, how could you not view him as a viable option? So, interesting reporting. Uh, I think the Knicks were a place last year, Chris Paul was also rumored to go. Obviously didn't go there. Uh, Seems like the Knicks are now interested again to get something done. Uh, And the name R.J. Barrett has come up on Twitter, not necessarily from credible sources, but for the sake of this conversation, we're going to roll with it. So we already had a bit of a debate on the text, the texter app. Uh, But it seems like you and I are on different ends of this argument. I 
do not like RJ Barrett. I think he's shown no potential and I don't I don't want him. And shown unless no potential. None. Zero. He's shown he has shown less potential that far less potential than I think people expected. I'll put it that way. Uh his shooting percentage is his splits are like what 40 32 59 or something like that it's really bad not terrible from three but like not what you would expect from somebody like rj so i don't know i just don't i I don't like it unless they put in a really good pick and or mitchell robinson who i do like from the knicks then i personally would like that type of package if there's some other stuff for money and and such but i don't want just rj barrett as the asset i want i want something else i don't want him yeah i mean i I don't know i mean it's it's hard to rag on a guy in his rookie year uh especially new york knicks um what'd you say (laughs) said i'm doing it dylan i'm ragging on Uh I thought he said just a minute. I was like, all you're doing is taking a drink. Why am I taking Wait, a minute? I need to take a sip. Hold your conversation. Take yeah, a sip continue. of your white claw there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no free ads. Yeah, I don't I, I don't really see the point in ragging on a rookie uh, in his first year with the New York Knicks. Famously, a uh, terribly run organization um, in terms of mishandling their players, mistreating their players. You know, this, that, and another. Like, I don't know. I mean, I th- I think R.J. Barrett, I mean, you saw what he could do last year at Duke. You saw what he was doing in high school. Like, the dude has potential. The dude could play. The dude's an athletic freak. Um, he he kind of positionless uh, in terms of, like, where he could play. Like, I mean, he's listed at shooting guard, but, I mean, he's big enough to play in the wing position. Uh, he showed some playmaking abilities at Duke. I mean, the dude's a great player. Um, he's got great potential. His potential's like through the roof. And not to mention, I didn't mention this in the texting uh, in our group chat there, but he shares the same nationality with a certain uh, three-named superstar at the Oklahoma City Thunder. Team Canada. So, so because he's Canadian, that's why we have to get him? Heck yeah, saying? dude. Get him, yeah, get dude. Andrew Wiggins, go sign Anthony Bennett. Oh, God. <laughs> Canadian Thunder. Eh? Uh, so you said, do you want to know what his shooting percentage was at Duke? Oh, uh, yeah, three? go ahead. Hit me with it. Just take a guess. Take a gander. Well, before you say that, I never said he was a good three-point shooter. <laughs> you said he was balling. That's what he's, he's a... He is a supposed he was marketed when he came into the draft as an athletic shooter. I don't know. I think he was marketed as an athletic scorer. Okay, fine. What is what is do you think his field goal percentage is? At Duke? Or yes. Now? Okay. Well, both. I have both. Well, now he's like 42% or something like that, right? Uh, he's 40%. At Duke, uh, I must say he was like forty-five percent. Forty-five percent, correct. I didn't. Just That's not pull that you up. Looked, or you looked it up. <laughs> I, I don't like those numbers. If he's not a three-point shooter, then 
like his field goal percentage should be better. Like his inside scoring should be better, but it's not. It's like very average, below average even. His, his, I just, I'm looking at all the stats right now and I just don't like it. I don't, I don't like what I'm seeing. His offensive rating is 94, defensive rating of 114. Just, it's just not good. It's not good. I don't like it. I don't want it. I mean, hey, I mean, you, you can not want it all you want, but I mean, I, I think it's a no-brainer move. If you're getting off Chris Paul's contract, like, granted, Chris Paul's been balling. Well, he's an all-star this year. He's probably going to make an all-NBA yeah. team. Like, I'm not taking anything away from Chris Paul. I've loved his time here. But the fact is, dude's getting older. The fact is, dude's making $42 million in the fourth year of his contract. Like, that, that money's not going away. Like, we still have to pay that money if he's going to be in our roster. So if we're able to not only get rid of that contract, but also bring in a player with the potential, say it with me, Tyranny, potential no. of no R.J. One. Barrett, I mean, All right, look, I think it's a done deal. <laughs> I am not saying we shouldn't trade Chris Paul to the Knicks for something. I think getting rid of Chris Paul is the move. I agree with that. But I don't want R.J. to be the, like, the centerpiece of a deal. I'm fine taking him, but I want, I don't want just him. And why are you laughing? Because you're just <laughs> crapping on the third pick of the draft. Like he's nothing. He's not good. He's not. I'm going to go to my grave saying this as now, listen, I, I am a UNC alum. I will, be open about that i did not like him at duke and maybe you could say it's rubbing off here that's fine it's a free country you can say whatever you want but i don't think he's good I'm i just a UK don't fan and i have no problem admitting that i think he's a baller i think he's gonna do great in the league he's just at a losing Look, organization if you come to I... okc and you come in a winning organization you come with a guy who has a bright future with shay gilgis alexander and you just you show him what a winning culture is, what fans who like are with you, like they have your back, like they're not gonna turn against you like Knicks fans do. Like, you know, you don't have all these crazy instances happen with, you know, famous fans like Spike Lee, like, oh, I can't use this entrance. You don't have all these uh stories coming out about Jim James Dolan or anything like that. Like all you have to do is focus on playing basketball. I I think that would be very beneficial for R.J. Barrett's career, and I think it'd be very beneficial for OKC. Okay, so obviously R.J. can't be the only person in the bed just for money reasons. So no, who who is? What's your like ideal package if you have R.J. Barrett in there from the Knicks? Uh, let me let me pull up their contracts here because obviously this can't well, happen until the off season. So well, let's like, just say. Right, so let's just say um, they match the money with, I don't know, some like some deals that w- they want to get off as well. What are the other? Are there any other assets that you're looking at to package with R.J. Barrett? Because I, I think you need a pick too. Man, I'm just saying. <laughs> 
I, I think you have a very skewed vision of R.J. Barrett I, because there's no way he's... we're getting R.J. Barrett and a first-rounder for Chris Paul. Dylan, Dylan, listen to me. I think R.J. Barrett... I think Cam Johnson... Oh, God. ...is going to have a better career than R.J. Barrett. I, I need you to clip that. I need you to clip that soundbite. I'm not saying Cam Johnson's going to have a good career. I'm just saying Cam Johnson will have a better career than R.J. Barrett. I do not. I've given him the eyeball test. I've scanned him up and down. I've looked at his game many minutes, and I can say with certainty that I don't think he's going to be good. The utter disrespect. I will die on this. Unless we trade for him, actually, and then I'll be 100% on board. But until we do, I'm not. I'm not on board. All right, so I've got the contracts for this season. I don't remember which of these are expiring. Uh, so I know Julius Randle is a team option for $18 million. Or it's $18 million this year. I think it's probably like something like $19, $20 million next year. So they could give that... I don't even really know if they eh, they might do that. Uh, Maurice Harkless is being paid eleven million. Alfred Payton's getting eight million. Wow, that's a lot for Alfred Payton. Um, they don't actually have a lot of big contracts aside from. Oh, Bobby Portis, fifteen million. He's expiring though. That's true. Yeah. Mm. He's got a club yeah, option. Tr- oh yeah, so they they both have club options. They could do that. So just like re-sign him or like do the club option and then just give him to OKC. Club option for who? Bobby Portis and who? I think Julius Randle is definitely a club option. I remember that coming up in the offseason. So, I haven't looked it up. So you're saying the Knicks is going to give us Julius Randle, Bobby Portis, RJ Barrett, and a first-round pick for Chris Paul. Throw in, I don't know, throw in one of our pick, not the good ones. Throw in like... Something soon, like a 2021 pick. Uh, and throw in like Ferg or Diallo, one of the young guys. There. Even Steven. <laughs> He's not going to be good. <laughs> okay. He's not going to be good. Uh, I think you're All right, just going to die on that hill there, aren't you? Yep. Just as I am going to die on the Cam Johnson Hill, <laughs> I will also die on this one. Uh, so he has a partially guaranteed. No, that's twenty twenty one. I think. Oh, I don't think it is a club option. He just has two years. So next year he's getting nineteen million. It's not a club option. Jewish Randall. It's yeah. partially. It's partially guaranteed for 2021, and then he's an unrestricted in 2022. So they could give him, definitely, just a match. Um, oh, my gosh. He's 25 years old? Yeah. Oh, he's so young. I thought he's, like, 30. Listen, um, I, would, I, I would love to have Julius Randle on the Thunder. but And I, would, I wouldn't mind having Bobby, Bobby Portis on the Thunder. But there's no way you're getting. But who, okay, so Bobby who are you? Who's in your package in the then? Who's in your package then? I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, 
Hang on. Because that's all they that's all they got for money. Oh shoot, where'd he go? It's, it's literally just Julius Randle and um Bobby Portis. That's like the only salary over ten million. Or nine million, really. Yeah, I have no idea, in. dude. I mean, that's that's why I just I I don't think this is gonna happen. And I'm also not saying like a a recent Knicks pick. Maybe they think they're gonna be good in like three or four years, and they give us a 2025 20, round first round pick. Well, Taj Gibson is making about nine and a half million next year. The return of the Taj, the Taj Mahal. The Tajmanian Devil. Ooh, nice. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind him throwing. Wayne him Ellington's there. making eight million next year. Wayne Ellington's actually been decent for them. I don't know if they, I don't know what they think about him. Um, I know Julius Randall's also been good too. So, so yeah. So if you were to take Wayne Ellington, R.J. Barrett, R.J. Barrett's making about eight million next year. So that's 16 between them. It's a lot. And then you couple that with either Portis or Randall. Uh, Let's see. If if you couple that with Portis, then that's about 31. If you couple it with Randall, it's about 34. If you do Harkless, it's like 27. And Chris Paul next year is making what? I, I also don't know how much. I think the Knicks actually have some money. Like they have some salary to spend next year. Like I think they could take an eight million dollar increase in salary just fine. Oh, so, God. Chris Paul next year is making forty one million. Yeah, so that would be like twenty, like fifteen to twenty million. I I remember I looked this up, and the Knicks I think were one of the top teams next year to have some salary. Uh, I don't even know where I felt, saw that. Uh, was it Real GM? dot com at the site. No, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this to the trade machine though, real quick. All right, do it. I haven't fired up the trade while, machine since the trade deadline. While you're talking. So while we're looking this up, um, one of the, so I just saw Dion Waiters on this site, so that reminded me. Uh, Dion Waiters is a Laker. Mm. He officially confirmed by Shams will be signing for the rest of the season with the Los Angeles Lakers. Trying to get that title. Um, and, you know, I, I don't really like the Lakers. I don't think any of us really do, just because they're, like, our division, like, basically the thing getting in the way of a potential NBA Finals look sometime in the future if they're still this good later on. But, I don't know, I hope Dion gets a ring. I have a trade. Uh oh. Bobby Portis, Tosh Gibson, Wayne Ellington, RJ Barrett for Chris Paul. That Success. works money wise. All right. I don't like it. You don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Five Again. years for seven point eight million for RJ Barrett. Look. That's horribly it's just, dense. Like you're <laughs> okay. Okay, look, like, what if he doesn't turn out then? Like, what do you what do you get for him? You don't get anything for Chris Paul. You get Wayne Ellington, 
who is you get the cap relief you don't have to pay 44 million dollars in year four of his contract yeah i mean that's it though i would like more than that i, I mean I, yeah but can, like at the beginning of I, the year that's what that's what we thought we was gonna get for i know but we're so we're so far past that now that now i'm like we need a pick i just want to pick and a young player that has potential is not arguing. Okay, so listen, he he has he's on a two year sixteen million deal, and then he has a club option in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. So you have some this? flexibility with him if you so choose to cut ties. Wait, who is this club option with? RJ Barrett. Oh, okay. All right. Just get rid of him. Oh my god! <laughs> the <laughs> utter disrespect, the audacity. He wasn't good at Duke. He isn't good. He was not like if you ask Duke fans about this, which I I know a lot of Duke fans. I'm in North Carolina. We should have friend of the pod, um, Nick Gallo, on to discuss this further because he would know more. But Duke fans said last year that RJ Barrett was not that great. Like he didn't really live up to the hype, and like, obviously, Zion's there, so he kind of takes away some of the shine, but he didn't do well as in his role, which is now the role he's doing in New York, and he's doing, like, he's performing the exact same. I haven't seen any difference between his college years and his professional years. There's been no step. It just is, he just has been, like, non, a non-factor. I just, not that he's Bad, I just don't think he's good. He's just average. And Cam Johnson's going to have a better season or career than him. <sighs> All right. We, we've been talking about this for like 15 minutes. We got him. <laughs> We're never going to end. Um, yeah, so we actually do play the Knicks tomorrow, which is where this conversation actually originated. Um, yeah, it's pretty funny. Pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Watch RJ drop like forty on us, and then we're just gonna be like, "Oh, this is your fault, Tyranny. Thank you." Mm, I can't wait till RJ goes like three for fifteen, and I can make fun of you all next time we do a podcast. What are you actually um, gonna do if he drops like thirty plays? I'll probably quit. <laughs> uh, all right, start projected starting lineup for the Knicks tomorrow. Bust RJ Barrett, Alfred Payton, the Taj Mahal, Julius Randle, and Maurice Harkless. And I would assume our starting five is the same as well. Chris Paul, Lou Dort, Shea Gilders Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, Stephen Adams. So it is gonna be a doozy. I think everyone expects us to win. So hopefully we don't expect to win either because that often leads to bad, bad, bad things. Yeah, it would it would be a real bummer to, uh, you know, to lose to the Knicks in general, but especially after coming off a win at the Pistons. And, you know, we've we've got this road trip going on and it'd be nice to generate a little bit of momentum because, you know, like you said, we are better on the road than we are at home apparently, and that suits us well because we're only at home, I think, six games out of the month. Yeah, a lot of, so. home, a lot of road games. 
So we should uh, we should get used to that because right after the Knicks, we go play the Celtics on Sunday, and that's going to be a huge oh game. That's going to be a doozy. Well, I, I actually, the Celtics have all seemingly gotten the coronavirus all of a sudden. Like Jason Tatum is out was out sick. I, that's a joke. I don't actually know if they have the coronavirus. I just know they're sick. <laughs> I know they're sick. Uh, and I think uh, Marcus Smart was sick. And I think Jalen Brown was also sick um, for tonight. So, or whenever they next play, I can't remember. So maybe they're not going to have a fully healthy lineup. But if they do, it's going to be tough because Jason Tatum is good confirmed. So, um, yeah, that's all I got. Knicks are pretty bad. Can confirm. Uh, oh, how could I be so so silly? We're gonna we have some Twitter questions. Do you want to answer some Twitter questions, Dylan? Uh, I, 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 uh, uh. All right, let's go. First one comes. There is in nothing from... that would make me happier. There you go. First one comes in from our good pal Justin Lowe at JLO2836. He says, have you guys paid any attention to the players on the blue? If so, thoughts? Uh, no. Uh, I've been very impressed with Abdul Gaddy for like the past two years. Oh. Anytime that we play in the summer league and he gets some run, I'm, I'm always super impressed with him. Obviously, we've got kind of a logjam at point guard right now, so... He he's not gonna get called up anytime soon, but just shout out Abdul Gaddy. He's he's a he's a solid player. We're just gonna have all the best Abduls in the league at some point. He actually spells his name with the U. <laughs> Ooh, yikes. It's pronounced the same way? That's interesting. Yes so. All right. Uh follow up question from Justin. He asks also, do you think what do you think Chris Paul's mindset will be at the end of the season if we lose in the first round? Uh, Got to do better. Got to come back. Agreed. Try to, you know, try to be better. You know, we saw what he's doing at the beginning of the season. Obviously, something went wrong there, so we've got to, you know, get back to work and address that. I mean, yeah, but there's also a chance we're going to play at the Clippers in the first round. And at that point, are you really expecting to win that? I mean, I mean, obviously you want to, but like a loss. If you lose in seven games, I consider that a pretty good series. Yeah, it's a good series. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, the players want to win and the players believe in themselves and their abilities and, you know, uh, themselves as a team. So mm-hmm. I don't think they would be satisfied, especially if you win game seven. Like to be that close to beating the Clippers, like I, nah, uh, I, I don't sure. think they'd be satisfied with that, and I think that'd push them even harder. Definitely wouldn't be satisfied, but I think, you know, there's a spectrum there of losing first rounds where it could go from we fought hard but fell short, and we could maybe run it back to we got our butts kicked. I want to go play somewhere else. Like, that's the spectrum of, like, Chris Paul moods I could see um, just based off how that first round goes. And he's been nothing but supportive of this team while he's been on here. But uh, he, this was another thing he mentioned, and I keep going back to that 
Taylor Rooks interview because I just watched it. But he said in that interview too that he he openly said that when he talked to Daryl Moore, he said, I don't want to go to Oklahoma City at this point in my career. Yeah. And I think if the, he loses in this first round, he's going to think the same way. Like he, this isn't where he wants to be in his career if we're not going to get to the somewhere close to the championship. So, but I think in the same breath in that interview, he said, you know, at the end of the day, winning an NBA title isn't going to validate me. Like what's going to validate me is the legacy I'm leaving behind for my kids. Yeah. I did think that was an interesting perspective. And he also, I thought a really good way, the, the way he put it was really good to me because he said, I don't go to bed every night with a picture of a trophy next to me. I go to bed with a picture of my family next to me. And so that kind of puts you in perspective of like where his priorities are. Um, and he was kind of referring to like the whole opting out of the next year of his contract at the end, like why he wouldn't opt out of that, et cetera, et cetera. But it also pertains to like his, where his priorities are with winning a championship. So yeah, that's true. I think, I think it's not all about winning a trophy, but I do think, I think as time moves on and this is, I mean, not that, uh, this is pretty obvious, but like as time moves on in your career and you don't have a championship, you're going to like be a little more desperate to get one. And I think Chris Paul next year being 35, I think. Um, yeah, I think so. That's just getting really old. So I don't know. I do think, I think most likely though, he's going to be willing to run it back. Um, mostly because that's kind of like where the situation is right now, unless something develops. But um, there is a chance he's like, he, I, I think there's a chance he kind of pushes Presti a little bit more to get a deal done. Not necessarily like forcing his way out like Paul George, but kind of nudging, nudging Sam a little bit and be like, Hey, if anything's out there, just if you can make it happen, that'd be super. Yep. I can see that. Um, you know what? I had a few others and I have to scroll so far back to get them that I'm too lazy to do it. So I'm going to do it on the next podcast. On I've been saving old questions. Podcast? All right. I got one for you real quick. All right. Let's hear it. I've got to find it though, because. Oh my gosh, Dylan. <laughs> no, I'm just wasting kidding. precious time. I'm just kidding. I got it right here. Okay. Um, this is from Easton Wilkins, uh, at East Wilco. Great name, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, he said, I've been thinking about players that we could put next to CP3 and Shea. What would you think about making a run at DeMar DeRozan and putting him at the three? <laughs> I have an opinion on this, but you go ahead. No, I don't. You, you, I need a form one first. You okay. go first. Yeah, my opinion on this is I don't really believe in DeMar DeRozan as a player. I agree with that, I think. Um, I, I think he's good around the rim, but he doesn't provide anything as far as three-point shooting. Um, he provides negative on the defensive end, and he's a guy that needs the ball in his hands. And on a team with Chris Paul, Shago Alexander, Dennis Schroeder, Daniel Gallinari, like the list goes on, uh, I just don't think he'd be a good fit. Also, his contract yeah. sucks, so that that too. <laughs> yeah. I think that was my main concern, is like he's not worth what his contract is right now. Um, his 
he's like Chris Paul definitely does the mid range game a lot, but he doesn't, he's not exclusively from the mid range. And I think the fact that DeMar is basically an exclusive mid range shooter really limits his abilities because defenders can kind of figure that out a lot better. You don't have to worry about like him being deadly from three, even though he can make, make a three, he's not like a lights out three point shooter. Um, and yeah, his game doesn't really fit what this team has right now. We already have a guy who can finish with Shea Gilders Alexander. We also have Dennis and uh like we don't really need somebody like that. And yeah, I think I'm kind of just repeating what you said at this point. <laughs> his contract sucks. I don't think he fits. I think I agree with that. Um so no. I like DeMar as a as a person, as as a player. No thanks. Yeah, um, it does beg the question, though. Um, obviously, you know, we're out on DeMar, but, uh, you know, he said he's been thinking about players that we could put next to CP3 and Shea. And what, what's a player that you would potentially like to add to the roster? Not just any player. Obviously, you can't just say LeBron or Zion or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. somebody that's, like, actually potentially attainable. Um, I like Brandon Ingram. I don't know how available he'll be. He's a free agent, right? But I don't. I think New Orleans is gonna lock him down, and then try to trade um, for him. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to trade for him though. I'd. Want, I was thinking like signing players, but. Hey, if we could do a sign and trade, Gallinari for Ingram, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know if the Pelicans would do that. Like, it doesn't make sense for them. Yeah. But no, I do no. like Ingram. I think his game would fit our strategy, and his age fits really nicely. I'm trying to think if there's anyone a little more available. Do you have anyone in mind? Uh, Ingram was actually a player that I was kind of thinking about. What did you just do? Oh, okay, she fixed my pillow. Cool. Sorry. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wifey gold. I was wondering right? what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I don't know. Like, it's it's so hard. Um, I like the idea of like a Miles Turner type. Just you know, Ooh. somebody that you know he could be a rim running big man. He's a shot blocker at the rim, but he can also step out and hit the threes. Uh, honestly. I think Christian Wood would be a really fun player with Chris Paul and Shea. Yeah, I mean, if he can keep proving himself, like, I I don't know. I'm always a little worried about these guys that are, like, one year, like, I don't know, like kind of like a fire the in the pan. Flash in the pan is what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, fire in the pan is not the right phrase at all. Uh, but, yeah, he's if he's a flash in the pan, then it's sort of... Um, you know, a bit of a risk. But yeah, I mean, the way he's playing right now would be great. The other one that I guess now that we've already talked about it, now that I'm thinking about it, is Julius Randle. That kind of seems like a guy, if he's got the right system around him, which I feel like this one would work. He's a guy that if we get rid of Gallinari eventually, he could fill in that power forward role. Um, I guess you are, in that case, you're kind of restricting Baisley, but um, I don't know. Maybe you trade Baisley for and something else for uh, Randall, because I wouldn't mind having him. He's already—I didn't realize how young he was. 
Um, and I think he just needs he just needs the right system to play really well, and I don't think he's had that yet. Oh, so Randall needs the right system, but not RJ Barrett. <laughs> Randall's been in the league like what? It feels like ten years, and I've seen him play enough, and my eyeballs say that Randall is good. My eyeballs do not say that RJ Barrett is good. <laughs> hey, yeah, uh, Randall is actually thriving in New Orleans. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I forgot he played New Orleans. Yeah, the problem is with Randall is I don't think you could play him alongside Gallinari and Stephen Adams. And well, I was saying assuming Gallinari. Assuming Gallo is gone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it kind of makes role. sense. I don't know. I've I've always, like, I know I, I brought up a big um, in my uh, comparison. But, like, ideally, like, you know, I think you want a wing alongside those guys, right? Like, yeah, a young wing. That, that's but, why I thought Brandon Ingram, but I just couldn't think of anybody else like that that would be available. Kelly Uber. Like a young guy. Uh Oh, yeah. That's true. He'd be a fun uh, player. I don't, I don't know if he would be attainable. Uh, yeah. I, I don't even know or what how his much, like, contract situation is. I also don't know how much I'd be willing to pay him yet. I don't know how much he's earned. Um, yeah, I forgot about Kelly Oubre. I think he'd be good. Um, yeah, just, there's like not a lot of young wings that are attainable, just because like that's such a valuable. Like, that's the thing is because in the NBA, it seems like the key to success is you have to have like a a superstar wing guy to get you to like the playoffs or the championship. That's like the key to everything. It's like Giannis, LeBron, Luka's kind of a wing. Um, Like all the superstars are kind of that position and those are the teams that win. So it's hard to find young ones that are available because that's just like the most valuable commodity in the NBA. So I don't know. Brandon Ingles would probably my favorite, but I just, I New Orleans would be so dumb to get rid of him or to let him walk into free agency. Yeah. Super max. And Ubre is kind of like a poor man's Brandon Ingram. Right. Which, so if we could get him for cheap, that'd be fine. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, by the way, um, this is totally off topic, but it just reminded me. So, actually, this is kind of related to the conversation. So, there's been, like, very small conversations about this, but definitely it's ones that pique my interest. So, Utah has to give Rudy Gobert the Supermax in, I think, two years from now. So, like, the next season after the upcoming one. Is he eligible? Yeah. Okay. And the Supermax is something absurd, which is not something Rudy Gobert is worth. But, so, like, the one thought is that you could trade Rudy Gobert to get off of, you know, so he doesn't have to, they don't have to give him that. But the other alternative, but less likely option that they were thinking of is trading Donovan Mitchell and getting something back for that, which seems dumb, but Donovan Mitchell would be an interesting guy in Oklahoma City if we could get him alongside this group. I think he'd be a nice, like, 2-3 hybrid. And if you 
at that point get rid of Dennis and CP3. You've got Shea and Mitchell in the backcourt. You've got Adams and Baisley, I guess, in the front. I kind of like that court. Yeah, it'd be interesting, that's for sure. Um, It'd just be interesting to see how Shea and Donovan would kind of play alongside each other because they both kind of need the ball in their hands to score. But also we've seen Shea be very passive. So Right. Shea could be – he could kind of become a guy who – Either distri- if he get, if he distributes really really well, then he could just become a guy that could like penetrate the lane and then dish it out to Mitchell. Um, and I think that system would be just fine. Um, but the the point I was just getting to was that Utah has a really interesting situation coming up, where like they can't keep that core for very long of Mitchell and Gobert and whoever else. Like they have to get rid of one of those guys because Gobert is going to be like I think the Supermax the last year of the Supermax you get 60 million dollars so it's a lot of money that is wild yeah so they got to do something so that's another interesting team to look at yeah I Uh, I'm sorry I was just gonna say before we move off this I've I've found like three or four more possible suitors to match with Chris Paul and Shay just want to hear what you say all right First right. off, uh, Otto Porter Jr. He's just been so injury prone. I don't know. He has. He has. That is fair. Or maybe. All right. Next up, we've got. Where do you go? Uh, where do you go? Josh Richardson. Ooh, I like that one. Don't think he's attainable, but I like it. <laughs> I do like it. Because he's an Oklahoma native, too, right? Yeah, and he's got that Oklahoma gameplay. Like, he's a really, really good defender. And he can make outside shots, which is always something you need. 3 and D type of guy. All right, this guy's definitely not attainable, I don't think, possibly. <laughs> but it would be awesome. Jonathan Luka Doncic. No. Oh, Jonathan Isaac. Yeah. You don't think he's attainable? No, nah, man. He was playing, like, all NBA defense before he got hurt. <laughs> Weren't we on, I thought we were, like, looking to get him a couple years ago. Weren't, were we not? He's only been in the league two years, bro. I know, well, it must have been his rookie year then. Mm. I thought we had, taught, we had mentioned that a while back. Maybe I'm thinking of... Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross, that's who it is, yeah. I mixed him up. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd like him, too. I feel like mag- the Magic have to get rid of one of their long guys. Like, they just have too many tall, lengthy guys on the floor. Like, you just yeah. have to get rid of one of them. Nah, so, right. Mo Bombay, I'd be fine with, too. Just as, like, a, as a, I don't know, test to see if he actually is good or not. Yeah. But, I've, I've been in the camp of trying to bring you Mo Bamba. I even, I think mm-hmm. I even wrote something for Daily Thunder about packaging Dennis Schroeder and somebody for Mo Bamba. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um so yeah, Magic have a lot. Like they need to give up something eventually too if they want to be good. So that'd be interesting. Um, yeah, and, I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just have one last guy. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's actually Go a free agent. I don't know what he's gonna be looking at on the open market, but he's a name that you don't really hear much about. But he is pretty good. That's Karis Levert. Oh, I like him. Um. Yeah. I mean, Josh Richardson would be my favorite, but I think in terms of like 
the fact if you factor in likelihood as well, I think Karis Levert is my pick. I really like him. Yeah, because I mean he's he's been really good, but I think his injury history is gonna give mm-hmm. teams some pause about offering him the max. But his, I don't know, his injury history isn't really his fault either, because like one of his bigger ones was just he landed on somebody's foot the wrong way and it like popped his ankle out or something like that. Yeah, so like that's uh, just a fluke and it was really bad. Yeah. So I think stuff like that you can't really control. I think people like Otter Porter are a little bit different because they just don't seem like they're built to last. Um, whereas, you know, in his case, it's just sort of fluke injuries. So I wouldn't really mind that um, as much. I do. I just, I think he can score. He's a, he's a true scorer. So I would love to have him on our team. Faux show. Sure. There you go. There, there's the people that we would potentially like to pair with Shay and Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Besides LeBron James or Luca or Giannis. Yeah, yeah, obviously. I would love Giannis. Or Kawhi. Imagine Giannis on this team with Gallinari. Do you imagine how unstoppable that would be? You just have like one seven foot guy who can go to the rim at any point, and if he's triple teams, you just throw it out to Gallinari and he just drills it. That'd be so crazy. It'd be nice. Uh, we should thank him. Um, all right, you got anything else before we head out? Uh, I'm going to Tennessee next weekend for a church conference, so it's probably the last time y'all hear from me for a little bit. No. All right, we'll be sad. Yeah, more solo pods for you probably. Oh God, not this, not the dreaded solo pod. I don't know. I might be able to do one early in the week next week, but yeah, we'll see. All right. Sounds good. Well, um, oh, the other one before we go, Steph Curry's coming back. So that's a thing. Thoughts? Uh, well, he's been out for a very long time with an injury that shouldn't have kept him out this long. And I am in the camp of people who enjoy watching Steph Curry play basketball. So Agreed. I'm excited. Um, obviously, the Warriors aren't going to make a run at the playoffs or anything. So it really has no sure effect not. on me whatsoever. So I just get to enjoy Steph Curry playing basketball for the remainder of the season. So it's a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's also why I wish Clay would come back too because I would just love to watch Clay and Steph go off without any consequence for the playoffs. It would just be, It would just be innocent. Hoops. Shooting hoops. It's an interesting decision, though, honestly, to bring Steph back because right now they're in, like, the driver's seat for the number one pick. I I have a theory that they wanted to keep him out the whole season and Steph has just been, like, pushing them nonstop to come back in the game because he's been healthy for so long. And finally they were like, all right, fine, we'll let you play. But only because we have, like, X number of games left and we've secured, like, this spot in the lottery but i think steph has wanted to come back a long time it'd be wild if they got like a bottom lottery pick now that steph <laughs> yeah. has come back and steph, just won them that many they win games. like 15 they win like 15 straight or something yeah steph's averaging like 40 a night they like win eight. out the rest of the season <laughs> and they somehow the make playoffs. the playoffs <laughs> no 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 they still no, miss they the made... playoffs so like they they, they it'd be funny do nothing about it it would be so funny if they made the playoffs and then 
like lost in the first round because they have to play the Lakers. And then it's like, all right, well, we don't get a lottery either. <laughs> we just are stuck in no man's land. But yeah, nothing. that's probably not going to happen. But it'll be fun to watch stuff. And hopefully Clay. I miss Clay a lot. Yeah, we um, all know you have love for Clay. I love him. He's just such a cool dude. Hashtag O'Clay C. baby. That was such a fun time in my life when I thought that was actually going to happen. And then they very clearly gave him the max because, like, well, <laughs> why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's freaking Clay Thompson. Uh, yeah. Well, I can't wait to watch him play again. I'm going to score the Warriors. Um, but that's for another day. Um, meantime, we will be back this weekend, I believe, with some other members of the podcast to talk about the Knicks game. And also the Celtics game. There will be two games had for our next podcast, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at OKCTopicThunder.com, and you can find our merch on Bonfire.com if you search Thunder, not Topic Thunder, because that doesn't show up for some reason. Just search Thunder, and it shows up. Or you can just click the link on our Twitter page if you have a Twitter account, and you can find it there. Uh, thank you to all of those who have supported us so far. Thank you for leaving a five-star review if you ha- did so on iTunes. If you haven't, we would greatly appreciate it, and we read each and every one of them, including the many that we got last week. So thank you to all of you. I shouted you all out last podcast, so again, appreciate it. Um, and that's it. You can find Dylan at Thunder Chats. Uh, you can find me at Matt Tooney NBA. Don't forget to wash your hands for the coronavirus. Don't forget to always hoop. And as always, Thunder up! Thunder up! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.